G'day and welcome to Partey. Today I want to talk about the Christian disciple developing stewardship. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 writes, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Jesus Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house, if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. All Christian disciples are called to be stewards. We are God's stewards. Stewardship is defined as the exercise of responsible care over possessions or gifts entrusted to them by God. And from the New Testament Greek, the word oikonios means the manager of a household and the resources of his master or a steward. Hebrews 3 verses 1 to 6 which we read earlier describes the concept of stewardship. A house in scripture is a family. 1 Timothy 3 verse 15, 1 Peter 2 5, 1 Peter 4. Every Christian disciple is a member of the house of Jesus Christ or the family of Jesus Christ and the concept of stewardship derives from this. Jesus Christ is the head of the house and Christian disciples live in the house and are therefore stewards. Ephesians 4 verses 7 to 16 And two prime qualifications for stewardship are faithfulness and wisdom. And what are Christian disciples stewards over? In the parable of the talents, Matthew 25 verses, chapter, chapter 25 verse 14 to 30, Jesus intimates that all those who follow him, i.e. Christian disciples, will be judged according to all that they have been given stewardship of. This includes things such as spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, acts of service, Galatians 5 verse 13, and material possessions, 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 to 8. These are used to accomplish three other items of stewardship, mission, message and men. And Jesus and Paul are great examples of stewardship as you would expect. Firstly there was Jesus Christ. He is a steward of a mission, a message and of men. His message, mission can be found in John 3.17 or John 17 verse 4. Look them up for yourself. Or his message, John 17 verses 8 and 14. And the men, John 17, 6, 9, 11 and 17. Then there's Paul. He also was a steward of a mission, a message and of men. His mission, Ephesians 2, 19 to 3 verse 8. His message, 1 Corinthians 9, 16 and 17 or Colossians 1, 25. 
and his men, his brothers are equals. 1 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 1, Titus 1 verses 3 to 5, and 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12 to 13. And what are the responsibilities of a Christian steward in relation to mission, message and men? The Christian steward needs to know his mission from Jesus Christ. He needs to know his message. He needs to know his men who God has given him to help accomplish it. And he needs to know what resources are available to do the job. And when I say he or his here, I'm not being gender specific. I mean both male and female. So that's Jesus and Paul. But what about Nehemiah's example from the Old Testament? And Nehemiah exhibits beautifully the responsibilities of a steward with regard to procedures or activities. The Christian disciple, remember, does not live a static life, but lives a life that is dynamic. And there are no set patterns in the Bible of procedures of stewardship or management, but there are certain procedures that are emphasised and taught Firstly for Nehemiah, there was prayer, Nehemiah 1 verse 4. The quality of his prayer life, we need to pray through the situation before we can come up with a plan. Then there's planning, Nehemiah 2 verses 12 to 16. Nehemiah planned the rebuilding wisely. He spoke to the king, went to Jerusalem, and then surveyed the walls in secret. And what was his motivation? Nehemiah 2, 17-18 Nehemiah motivated the people He identified their felt needs both public and personal and gave them a workable solution and answered any objections and then when faced with opposition he initiated the work in the midst of that opposition and he makes a declaration of faith in Nehemiah 2, verse 20 The God of heaven He will prosper us, therefore we his servants will arise and build. And in doing so he organised and delegated, as shown in Nehemiah chapter 3, which is a record of how he scheduled, organised and delegated the workers to rebuild. And then he evaluated and sustained in chapter 4. And this gives support to maintain or cause to continue, to endure without failing. If the enemy can destroy your self-image, he has destroyed your work, and that is what the enemy is trying to do. Nehemiah gets them together and prays. He got the people's eyes off themselves and onto God, and he therefore transferred their weakness to God and onto what he was going to do, and it freed their minds. It gave them liberation. An evaluation is not to find out what is wrong, it is to find out what we do in order to sustain the people in the work. Nehemiah 4, 7-8 and 14. And Nehemiah's answer was, God, you think about it, I'm going to think about it, and we'll rebuild the walls. And do not allow unjustified criticism to stop you. Of course, some criticism probably may, will be, justified but let God think about it and keep at the given task we are God's stewards and want to be faithful to him 
and to be wise. And then there's developing co-workers, as Paul explains in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. We are all going to die. Who is going to be left behind to do the job? The key to Nehemiah's stewardship and accomplishing this mission was that Nehemiah modelled in faith, in action, what was required to be done to rebuild the wall. For more to think about, please do ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend, so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1. Read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 to 11. Have I discovered my spiritual gifts, and am I using them in accordance with Scripture for the glory and honour of Jesus Christ? Question 2. Read Galatians 5, verse 13. How is my service to the church and to God dynamic, and how can I improve my service to the Lord Jesus Christ? Question 3. Read 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 8. How is my giving to be done, and why do I give? As ever, if you have any comments to make on this or anything else, please do contact me at partake at hotmail.co.uk. Thank you, and God bless you.